feel um, super, super honoured to have another Olympian to have a conversation with. Um, so I'm going to have to dive straight in and like, what what was that like, the experience? All right. Thank you so much for your invitation. Um, it, it, it has been quite a lot, like five years ago when it mm. was. You know, but I do even remember what, when everybody asked me, what did you remember from Olympics? It's, it's really weird. I just remember the smell of the village. <laughs> wow. It was this, you know, from the rooms in the village, in the Olympic village, that I would never forget it. And the fact that you meet people from all over the world mm. and they are so friendly. Like, you know, you, you, you do watch them on TV and you say, oh, my God, oh, my God. And when you, you really meet them, they are so friendly. They are, they are like, like we are, <laughs> because I'm still like, you know, I was there, but because I wasn't prepared for the Olympics, it was last minute for me. I was like, oh my God, I'm living my dream. I, I'm going to meet all these people. And I never realized that I'm one of them because I'm there with them and I'm competing as an athlete. But yeah, it was really nice, like meeting all the athletes all over the world was really, really nice. That's, that's something that like we, we as normal people, I am talking about myself, look at, look at the Olympics, right? And never, never look at it in that way because we just think of it as like these where gladiators go to war, right? Or like superheroes go to show off and everyone else just kind of like never gets to know each other like individually. So I guess that would have been such a, a wacky experience to like meet these people that are put on pedestals, right? But now you see them as a human rather than see them as a superhuman. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one that I was, you know, I was looking all the time to meet was Bolt, but he was never coming down to the restaurants or um, our buildings were, were next to each other. And I could look at him, you know, when he was outside to the balcony and I was, please come down. I just want to say hi. <laughs> but yeah, he was the only one that I didn't get, you know, the chance to meet him and just say hello, because I mean, you, you can't meet actually any of them if you're not in the same, in the, in the same sport. Uh, because for me, it was like, I'm a weightlifter. I can meet all the weightlifters in any other competition. So I want to meet my, my, my superheroes from other sports and it was really nice i did um i did i did met quite a lot of athletes but just you know to say hello not not much not really much things because you know each of them they are there for a specific reasons so i don't think that they have that much time to have conversations or sometimes it's, it's the head coach of the team that they are more strict until the athletes they have their competition, they want them to be concentrated and uh, they don't have that much time, you know, to go around and meet other athletes or from other sports, maybe. Yeah, but, but it's really a very nice. And I hope, you know, I'm going to have the chance in Paris. And wow, we're going again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell but yeah. In, yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know you were training for Paris. Well, I mean, it's like three years to go mm -hmm. still. Mm -hmm. 
I don't really know if weightlifting is going to be mm. in Olympics in Paris, but yeah, if that's the case, I will try my best. I'm not sure if I'm gonna make it because I'm I'm quite old, but yeah, I'm gonna right? try. I'm sorry, twenty one, right? Eight twenty one. You think 21. so? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm 30. I'm sorry. Hey. Well, what was the um what was the lady from was it Colombia who uh competed in Tokyo and was like 45? I don't think so. It's, I think she was from Mexico. Because Mexico. I know, yeah, I, I I have competing with uh with another, yeah in 58 in 2017 and she was 36 so i'm pretty sure wow. it must her yeah so she yeah that's absolutely badass you know what i mean yeah 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 like um i don't know i don't know what category she was in she ended up bombing out on her snatches um but at the same time like i sat there and i was, I was watching one of my mates right and they were a little bit disappointed that she didn't total and i was like you don't understand like she able to get to the Olympics in her forties and go to the five consecutive Olympic Games. That's like insane. Yeah, uh, I think. Well, with me, she was at fifty eight, so she she probably was fifty nine at the at the moment. Wow. Yeah, fifty nine. Yeah, but um, it was also in Rio in forty eight category from Japan. Um, yeah, she got, she was 40, I think. Yeah, she was 40 in Rio. Wow. And she, she's still competing. Wow. I don't know if she's going to be now at Worlds, but she was, uh, yeah, I think she was now too. She did compete, but I don't think she hit her numbers. Hmm. To, to be honest, I have a chance to watch any Olympics because... I was working and the time, the, the difference, you know, with the time and everything mm. and the TV much from weightlifting in the UK. So mm. I didn't have the, to, to watch the games. Yeah, like working in the hospitals back home gets crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I do not envy you doing that job, but at the same time, that is the absolute backbone of the entire country. Like hands down. Uh, yeah, so when I did accept this this job, I wasn't aware about my working hours. So yeah, in the beginning, you know, it was now you're gonna work like uh, seven and a half hours a day with your break, it's eight hours. And I was all right, it's eight hours. I still have time to go into my training. I still have time to study mm-hmm. and up, like sleeping five hours today because I I didn't have a chance to keep training the same but I was trying to go at least for an hour like three times a week just to not like lose all of my muscles and be crap because you know I I, I had you know my plan like when the next competition will come I, I would need to Start training again and if I, I quit everything I, I won't be able to you know be ready for that competition I, um, but 
yeah. Yeah, I, I coached, like I said, I coached in, um, I lived in Southampton and coached there. And I would coach a lot of people that worked at uh, Southampton General Hospital, right? And um, they all used to come in and would look like zombies. And I was like, what's going on? You all right? And they're like, dude, I just worked the last like 16, 18, 14, 12, whatever hours. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like my my sister. She was like, she was calling my parents and she was like, I, I don't want her to do this job. Like, please call her, tell her to stop because, I mean, she needs to go back to her training. I, I had, like, my eyes were black, like, to my cheek. I mm. I was, I didn't even want to see my face, you know, in the mirror when I saw that. Uh, I, I had a FaceTime and I saw my face and I was, I don't want to see my face like that. And I said, please call me on the phone because I can't see my face like that. <laughs> Yeah, five hours a night. That's 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 not good, man. Yeah, no, no. It was so much pressure because I had my exams and you know I had to study mm-hmm. and I was like, I was keep asking to my manager, please give me some time off or like give me less hours because I can't keep doing this. I need to study and my studies are my priority. And they were like, we need you right now. We need all the people right now. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's like exactly the same story as I hear from everyone working for the NHS, right? It's just like, now we are in desperate need for everybody for all the time. And it's it just seems like a, a screwed system. Like it's... I'm not uh, sure say much about that, but... Like, yeah, you do. I mean, your silence says it all. Yeah, you know, it's it's like you don't have any life, and you don't actually care about. I mean, it's crazy, you know, because they ask from us to take care of people who are poorly, and they need. Them. But we do end up needing help for ourselves. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, like, hire people, hire more people when you need stuff. You can't just exhaust the one that you have. That's the thing, right? Like, the whole system is is completely fucked because they will, you know, like you said, they won't hire more people and they'll just drain every uh, employee that they have. And then it's like, oh, it's fine. We're just going to, like, offer um a job to whatever country in the continent that's kind of like in an economic crisis right so they did it to portugal for a while where portugal kind of like um went down and they were like all right yeah you can come over and work for the nhs where you're gonna get paid like no money and i'm like no that's not the way to do it man like you just you're creating another problem for yourself in the short term like in the next five years, you're going to have an issue again. Like that's not the way to do it. But um, I'm not a member of parliament, so I can't really <laughs> change anything. It is what it is, right? Yeah, like the, um, it's uh, it's weird. Like everyone, like everyone I talk to back home is super, super, super grateful of the NHS, right? 
and we're yeah. like this thing is the absolute best thing on the, on the planet but at the same time we'll refuse to go to the nhs because it takes too long yeah so, so I, I um i would say when when i was because uh, i was really like really sick with food poisoning uh, i was very surprised when i went to the ed like they did send me home after i was waiting there for four hours and they did send me home without like go home get red drink a lot of juice and water and you're gonna be fine and i was really surprised because well in my here in greece you, you're not gonna be fine to go home when you see them like you know they're ready to collapse and i was really bad and i was are you joking right now i mean i can't even saying go home when I do know because I work there, other kind of situation that you bring people into the hospital that they don't need the hospital. Yeah. 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 And I know it won't happen to me anything worse because I'm going to be like alone. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know the support system you've got at home. Uh, they don't know if you live uh, live alone at home. They don't know if you live with a lot of people, which would be ideal because they can look after you. But yeah, it's it's weird, right? And I think the whole system needs to focus a little bit more on like health and holistic health rather than you know just oh here's a here's a pill take this. You know what I mean? Like I walked in. This was this one must have been years ago, right? When I I ruptured my L five S one. And there was like three weeks where I, I was just like, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't move my legs. Like it was, I was legitimately like, I'm never going to walk. Like, this is really weird. Um, anyway, like as things start getting a little bit better, I can start putting a little bit of load through my legs. Um, I went with me, me mom to A&E, right? Because I'm like, this needs to change. I've not been able to get out of bed for three weeks. Um and I hobble in, I'm like, listen, mate, like, this is the situation. Um, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, I don't really know what to do. So hence why I'm here. And someone behind me walks in, literally just walks in straight face and just goes, oh, I've got chest pains. And this individual was, um, you know, rather wide, uh, we'll say. And literally he just gets put on a chair, straight into a room, goes to see someone, right? And they just turn around to me and be like, ah, sit down, we'll uh, we'll get to you as soon as possible. I'm like, dude, like this is, yeah. Yeah, that's an issue. It is, it is, I know. I don't know how the system works. I don't know how they, they do be, what their priorities are, but I think that it, that's not good. Mm. They'll have um, huh? they'll have different flags, right? So if you come in describing um symptoms, whatever the symptom is, it will already get categorized, right? And if yeah, if someone comes in with like I've got chest pains, um, then 
you know, they're immediately like, shit, this person could have a heart attack. And if they have a heart attack, we, you know, we've really got to fix them up. Um, so in that sense, I get it. And I do not blame anyone who works there. I blame the entire structure around them because um, I think it's just, it's not set up for that level of people that come through every day. Um, and you need to start looking at like the whole health uh, structure within the entire country rather than just like blaming hospitals, right? Because they're, they're first responders, they help people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, that, this is what I'm saying. I don't know, you know, who is, who has built the system this way, but they are huge hospitals. They have different departments. So to mm. have anything you need for someone to look for the person that has a heart attack and for the person that has another kind of pain. Mm. So they, they can both be treated and not the one. I'm not saying, oh, okay, yeah, maybe he can go like uh, earlier than you, but not you going home because you don't have a red flag. Mm -hmm. And in because it's chest pain, it can't even be a chest pain, <laughs> nothing more than a chest pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the problem is, um, in my opinion, is like the class system in um, in the UK, right? It's very, very apparent. Um, you, know, you only have to spend a little bit of time there and like travel around and you'll be able to see it. And, you know, the, the, the people that usually create these, um, we'll say, bills, right, that create the stru structure and then distribute, you know, funding towards uh, places like the NHS, don't use the NHS. They use all the private stuff because they can get it in an instant, you know what I mean? And they can get the best doctors and the best whatever. They'll fl get fly flown out to everywhere and, you know, get seen that way. And I'm like, this this is such a fucked up system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's home. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? It is what it is, you know. We all... We all look out for each other. Yeah. So I'm going to go all the way back. How did you get into weightlifting? My dad. Wow. Um, he was a weightlifter. So originally I'm from Albania. Mm -hmm. And when we we moved in Greece in 1997. So we, we are a family of six. I have four, three siblings, two sisters and a brother. And like in 2000, my brother and both of my sisters, they did start weightlifting. I was still like too young for that. Mm -hmm. And like my dad, he, he bought like a bar, a, a really gym bar. It was like 10 kilos, you know, the small one that he put the small plates, mm -hmm. the small, like, uh, not a weightlifter bar, not at all. So we start doing weightlifting in home. They start first and they start learning with my dad and everything. And in 2001, I did, I, I start too, but I was like, I did start only for like a couple of months. And then I said, no, dad, I'm sorry, I cannot do that. Because like when we, we, we start the training in the morning, we're going to finish in the midnight. Like it was more than 12 hours of training per day. 
yeah, it was really tough. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start again. But if we go like, you know, in a weightlifting club and we can train like normal people <laughs> and not like suffer <laughs> in the house. Wow. So, yeah, we, we, it, it's because of my dad. <laughs> Wow, 24 hours of training. <laughs> what a guy. It was like when when it was time to have our lunch, he was like, we, we were trying to take more time, you know, so we can get rest and everything. And he was like, if the lunch was more than 30 minutes, he was like, what are you doing there? Are you still sleeping? You should have finished so far with your lunch. So that means that you are not really tired. That's why you are not eating fast because you're not tired and you're not hungry. So go back to training. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like old school what? weightlifting. None of us was laughing back then, but right now when we, you know, we sit down and we talk about it, we, we're like, we, we, we're laughing so much and we're like, dad, what we were doing back then? <laughs> Wow, and then you, and then you jumped into a weightlifting club and just stayed at it. I did, yeah. We, we, all of us, we moved to weightlifting club. Doing, I was doing like for one year, one year and a half with uh, a fake bar. It was like five kilos, I think, because I, I'm, I'm not sure if now they have changed the rules, but when. I started weightlifting. You couldn't compete with like the normal weight until you go 13 years old. You could, we had a kind of competition with, it was a fixed bar of five or seven kilograms that people, that the judges were judging you up for your technique. Mm. So points for your technique. And this was the only competition that you can, it, take place uh, as a kid and after you after you turn 13 years old you can compete like with the, the first category it was yeah I did start 13 so I think I did start lifting weights when I turned 11 11 something wow but really really light because they were really strict but then not not like now which is something that I, I disagree a lot with what is happening right now. Do you disagree? Yeah. Uh, talk to me about that. Why? Well, because uh, not that the 13 years old is like a normal age. It's still too young to do weights. But I, I have seen like, especially in USA, so many, mostly girls, seven years old, eight years old, 10 years old, lifting 70 kilograms. Jeez. How is that girl lifting that way? How you can destroy your, your this is how I see it, your mm -hmm. kid's life. It's a kid who mm -hmm. will weigh like 30 kilograms, 35 kilograms. Is her body ready to lift that weight? She's not like, let her grow 
let her body, let, let her bones, you know, be, be a bit stronger. Let her grow as a kid and don't take away from your kid that, that uh, time of their life. Because I have been a kid and I know how hard is going into sports, into professional sports from that young age. And maybe now, you know, they see it like, I don't know, my kid is famous or how they see it, how, how the parents see it right now, because I cannot think, I'm not a parent, I cannot think as a parent. But that kid, when it's going to be older, first of all, they're going to have so many problems with their, their body, their, uh, their health problems. And second of all, they're going to wonder why they, they didn't play with the other kids. Yeah, yeah. Because these years will never come back and they, they will never have that back. Mm. And it's something that I'm seeing like when uh, young girls, they are coming into weightlifting club. I'm like, don't try, don't push yourself to grow. Just be a kid because you are a kid now. Not only with weightlifting, but with all the things. Because you see now, 15 years old girls, they look, they look older than me. And I'm like, why? Why are you pushing yourself to look older? Mm. Why you enjoy your life? Like, why you, you don't enjoy these years of your life? You're still a kid. Play. Go and play with the other kids. Or do something for your age. Mm. I, I agree with um, losing out on the social aspect of being a kid, right? Because that's really, really important and you grow mentally and develop mentally like so much and that's how you learn, right? Um, yeah. I will pose a question of like under the age of 10, yeah, I think they need to play sport. Do they need to touch weight? Well, why? I would, I would ask why. Like what, no, why would you want to do that? Uh, not to not touch the, 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 the weight, yeah. but not that kind of weight. Yeah. I mean, obviously, so they're going to pick things up, right, in everyday life, and that's that's technically a weight, um, but it's yeah. not like a barbell. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, uh, so you do understand, like, when they're, they, they're spinal, it's not, it's changing. It's changing yeah. so much. They can yeah. have, Scoliosis because I was keep writing like that when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. A doctor said to my father, "Please, please wear to your kids. Um, it's like you wear it to your body when you go when you go to sleep, mm -hmm. so you, you keep it straight and you don't have it doesn't get worse." And my dad, he was like, "I I don't blame him because he didn't know," and he was like. Okay, no, I don't know what he's saying. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't blame him because he didn't know. But right now, and because I'm doing weightlifting, I do have serious problems. So every two or three months, I do have a terrible pain on my back. Mm -hmm. And this is not because of weightlifting. It's because of my scoliosis that mm -hmm. start from the way that I was writing. Mm -hmm. But with weightlifting, <laughs> this is causing me pain. So. Can you imagine that in a kid that they, they still haven't, you know, uh, uh, they, their bones, they are still so... So soft. Unstable, yeah. Yeah, like um, I would, um, yeah, I, I agree um, to an extent, I guess, simply because um, 
I, I swam, right? I swam in, as a kid, which is non-weight-bearing, granted. But, like, a lot of coaches still in the UK come from, like, they go into the military, and then when they come out of the military, they start swim coaching, right? So they have that mindset of just, like, beat the hell out of these kids. Um, and one of the um, one of the mindsets was they need a, c- a certain amount of miles in their shoulders before the age of 10. And that doesn't make any sense to me because I'm like, wait, wait, what? So you're saying if they haven't swam X amount of miles by the age of 10, they will never, ever be a good swimmer because like kids haven't even started puberty at 10. So like that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Um, however, like I, I got out of the pool and went on the pitch and played, played rugby, right? So that is full contact, you know, human beings running into human beings and you can get like head on collisions um and that starts at i want to say like 11 11 you can you can run into people and that's creating you know probably more force than a than a barber would do in the in the weight room you know what i mean so it's really really backward in the sense of so we can run into people with our heads but we can't pick up a weight in a controlled environment uh, no, this is so. This is not only about weightlifting, in my my opinion. I do believe that this is something that it must change. Mm. Of sports, mm. of leave the kids to the sports. Mm. I'm one hundred percent into that, mm. but not that kind of sport. Mm. Because if if a kid is doing that kind of sport at age of eight, what is going to happen at age of 10 or 11 or 12 or what what you're going to, because, you know, the kids will gonna ask to do more and more and more and more. And either they're gonna end their career very soon and then they will have, they will lose, all the, the things that they deserve to do as kids. <laughs> they deserve yeah. to do. And, you know, they won't be able to really uh, control how, how they're going to feel for that. Because I'm, I'm talking even for myself. Um, when I did, when I, or when I was 18 years old, I did quit weightlifting. And I looked around me and I had no friends mm. because I was in professional weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, the moment that you, you do achieve something, you say, yeah, it did work. But at that age for me, when I had lost so many things, like no time with friends, uh, no time with my family, things that they will never come back to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it did worth to have all that pressure from my coaches at that age. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was the, the correct way or they should uh, tell the kids how to do sports, let them do sports, but not in that level, if you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I don't want to put other stuff in this conversation. 
But when you stand the professional sports from that young age, you do start many things, not only the, um, the professional of spending many, many hours in the gym, but there are many, many other things that they will come with that kind because you cannot spend so many hours in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is the thing. This is the thing, right? And I understand why people would do it. Um, like back home, um, like I grew up with just my mom, right? So it's just me and my me, me, me mother uh, for most of the time. And um, if you'd have come up to me and be like, Alex, do this, this and this, and you will play professional rugby, or you will have like an 80% increase of chance or whatever, you know what I mean, to play professional rugby. So I can use sport to then make money, to then help my family, to then, you know what I mean, like bring bring my family out of a position and, and, and increase the position. I've just been like, yeah, sure. Like, and I will have no idea the repercussions. You know what I mean? No idea. And there is no education around that. And there's no nurturing for kids, like you're saying, right? Of like, yeah, like play sport because you... You've learned so much through sport, but also be a kid. Well, you know, the, I, I'm, I'm not going to talk about other countries. Yep. I'm going to talk only about countries that I know, Albania and Greece. The percent of the athletes that they have studied, it's really low. Mm. What these people, when they will finish, because a day your career will stop. You can't be professional athlete no. for Hell all no. of your life. No. What is going to that? Mm. What you after that? How easy if is for, for an athlete, for an elite athlete, that everyone admire them, one day he will he or she will turn the head and no one will know them. Yep. Because going to happen this is what is happening when someone is saying goodbye and that was for me i'm gonna end my career here no one will know you no one will care about you mm. because you're not more the athlete that brings the medals into the country mm. so when you stop doing this politics because it is about politics yeah, they will yeah. stop about you so then tv will stop showing and talking about you, no one would say to you, thank you so much for what you did. Or if they do, this will last like for a week. And then they will say, who is the next athlete? Because we need the next one now. So when they don't study what they're going to do in their life, because how many can they be coaches after they finish their career as athletes? And not, one, right? not everyone are the right one to be coached. Yeah. Everyone knows how to be a coach. Not everyone can accept the fact that they're going to coach someone that it might be better than them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's maybe in that young age, they do not need to put all that pressure into kids. And maybe they need to do both of things together. And not, it's not necessary that, you know, it's going to be, they, they're going to go to a uni or something mm -hmm. because not do that, but mm -hmm. give them opportunity to do it. I agree. Or 
or give them the opportunity when they are doing professional sport. Just help them mm-hmm. how, how they can go out to the life after the sports. Totally, because you're, you're not only just an athlete, right? You're a, you're a human being. You're a person. Yeah, so they, they don't do this. Is, that's why I said that I'm going to talk only for these two countries yeah. because they are everyone. Why are you working? How can you, like, uh, why they keep saying to me, like, so have you quit weightlifting? And I said, no, I haven't quit weightlifting. But how, why are you working there? And I said, because I need to work. Mm. Because I'm not going to be a weightlifter for all of my life. Because I do work. And if my country doesn't pay me, I'm not going to worry because they didn't pay me. Mm-hmm. So I cannot live with the fear, like if I don't do good in a competition, because I used to live with that fear for many years, I don't accept to live anymore with that fear. Like, oh my God, if I don't do good in this competition, they're not going to pay me. And if they don't going to pay me, I'm going to pay my I can't live with that, you know, fear. Mm. And this it did start all because of what happened into my life and i think in many athletes of my generation because i don't know how things are now mm. as not in this generation you know the one that they do start right now sports but in in my generation all the pressure and all the do professional sports because you're gonna have a lot of money you're gonna have you, you're gonna succeed and everyone will know you and your life is gonna be perfect and all of these things and well after Europeans when I got the medal I was so happy for myself because all the work that I did I I took this medal but it didn't change my life in anything else that was me me the medal that I got for all of my work but it didn't change my life in any other way. And I was like, okay, nothing changed. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we get it. We get it back home. We get um, like a lot of, after 2012, because uh, obviously it was in, you know, hosted in the UK and um, like a lot of, a lot of athletes that ended up meddling went seriously off the rails, like were drinking all the time quit the spot you know what I mean and now they are either in commentary or they are just nowhere simply because there is no protection once you've once you've finished right you've you've done the deed you have got the medal for the country cool out you go if you're not gonna continue on you can leave because the next person is is hungry yeah it's a fame game it is it is but the thing is, like, you know, when you are young, you don't think about what is going to happen with me after 15 or 20 years. You're just thinking, I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be there. Everybody will know me. Everybody will talk about me. And this is what I need. Yeah, yeah. Your parents still feed you and your parents still take care of everything that you need. And then one day you do realize that this is not what you really need in your life. Yeah. 
yeah, it's crazy. Like you, you grow up idealizing. You're like, oh, this is, this is it, right? This is the one thing I'm going to strive for for the rest of my life. And you know, you're not going to get there、um, at the end of your life. You're going to have another seventy years after you finished. What are you going to do with those seventy years? Yeah. Now, if like, if I if I could change a thing in my life, like, I think that would be not not doing not putting so much effort in my young age.、Mm. I know that many athletes say, "No, I haven't regret." I would say that I have regret for for what I did, and no, there are no medals that. Can give you the time with your family.、Mm. Like I do not remember the last twenty years any kind of Christmas with my family.、Mm. I know that that there's no medal, there's no fame, there's nothing that can bring you that back. I understand. Or yeah, or any any of your childhood that you're gonna you're gonna miss because of doing that. In that level, the sport. This、mm. is what. This is the reason that I do disagree with a part of the, you know, the health of them. Mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. But all that is going to hurt them in their mental health in yeah, the future,、yeah. and it's going to be so difficult. Oh yeah, totally. And mental health and physical health, like it's the same thing, right? It's health. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's. I really, really appreciate that. Honestly, like not a lot of people will, will,、uh, will be as honest as that. A lot of people would just, oh yeah, yeah, medals are cool, you know. Oh, it was, it was wicked, and it, you know, like we said, it, it was, it was a fantastic time. But there's always a, a dark side to the moon. No, um, so. When after my Europeans, I have to say, like the the day after my competition, I think I was in my room just crying because I was like, I don't have here any of my family to share my happiness with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ah,、uh, if when you are like you're studying and you you're gonna take your Diploma or whatever, you're gonna share all that with your friends, or with your family, or the people that you have around you. And I was like, I don't have what to share my happiness with.、Mm. Was only my coach there, which is like, it means a lot to me because I I, I do work with my coach for many years. But you know, it's it's the need to have all the people that has. Support you and stand by you,、mm-hmm. and until you get back home, you know all that excitement. It's not the same anymore because it's it's like I don't know. You you had a nice food. You say, oh, it was so nice and delicious. But the next day, you have forgot about the food that you had, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can relate to the food. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, like、uh, sharing, 
sharing that experience with people is is what makes it so special, right? Rather than just bathing in 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 it on your on your own. Like you wanna yeah. you wanna share it with other people. I do believe so. Um, many many people say that you're gonna see who is your friend, your real friend, or really loves you in your difficult times. I would say that you're gonna see your real friends in your succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. More people when you succeed than rather than you know when you are not good and having bad time. And all the things. Yep. I totally, totally agree with that. It's uh, one of those little life life lessons that, you know, you learn along the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you'd have known way back when, but yeah, that's not, that's not the game that we play. Like you learn these things along the way. Yeah. Eva, I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Alec. I, uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's an honour to speak to another Olympian and it's also uh, an honour to have a, such a, a real and honest conversation. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. It was a pleasure for me. Well, if, you ever, if you're ever, you know, knocking around somewhere down here in the bottom right-hand corner of the world, just, uh, just hit me up. We'll go grab a coffee and uh, throw some bars around. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Well, or maybe you can like you can do any competition there, so we can come over for free. Yeah, yeah. I'll 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 see if I can host a comp and fly people over. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I'll just I'll snap my fingers. I'll go talk to people. You know. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. You have a great day. Me too. Bye. Later.